broadcasting from Mount Pleasant, Utah. This is the Sampete Horse Training Podcast. Sampete Horse Training's mission statement is simple, to send home a respectful, well-rounded, and well-broke horse that can handle a variety of situations. Hi, this is Eric Dent with Sampete Horse Training. Today's topic is riding horses with children and how to successfully do this to safely do this to to really try to make it enjoyable Um, when we very first started this company the whole point behind this was basically to really uh, i guess empower or, or help those people that are just ordinary horse owners people that are you know maybe the the trail riding or the backyard horse owner type of a crowd um, and I consider myself to be in that that category. Um, there's lots and lots of families throughout the world that, that uh, enjoy horses as a family activity. And um, it's something that I think a lot of children all across the world would like to get involved with. And there are probably quite a few parents out there that have had a child that wanted a pony or wanted a horse, but they didn't know where to start. Um, and so I just wanted to talk a little bit today about how to successfully navigate the horse world when it comes to uh, participation of children with horses. It's clearly a very dangerous thing, and I think that's what keeps a lot of people from wanting to do it. Um, And then it's also clearly something that a lot of uh, non-horsey type parents, uh, they just don't understand anything about it, and therefore they think that it's not something they can do because they don't understand enough about the industry or about horses in general to be able to successfully do it. And that's a very a real concern and, and very legitimate in a lot of cases. So um, so I, I've got, uh, so my wife and I, we, we have three children. Um, so uh, we've got, at the time of recording this podcast, a 12-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old son, and a 5-year-old son. And, um, you know, we do quite a bit as a family with horses. And it's been a real defining aspect of our family, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think that there have been some learning experiences and maybe a few things that I could share with you that will help you to be successful with this. First of all, before I start with this, um, just a little bit about my background. So uh, I grew up in a family that did not have horses, really didn't know anything about horses. I got my first horse when I was uh, right around 16 years old. And the rest of my family didn't know anything about horses, nor were they interested in them. Uh, my wife, Melissa, her family did not have horses. They grew up in the city, didn't have um, you know, really anything to do with them. And then um, our children, when, when uh, our oldest was born, we did not have horses because I was in vet school. And uh, we did not get them until she was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of four or five years old. Um, and our kids didn't really consistently start riding until a couple years after that. Um, and, you know, there's been different levels of interest among our children um, with horses. So, um, so we really do understand what it's like to, um, you know, kind of get into the horse world, so to speak, and not really know what you're doing and have to go through trial and error and that kind of a thing. So how many of you out there listening have heard this scenario? Somebody's child wants a horse, uh, the parent doesn't really know what to do, they get online to the classified sections, they find this great deal where there's a horse, a saddle, a bridle, a trailer, and a little bit of hay, all as a package deal. So go ahead and buy all that and you're all set up, right? So the person goes in, or the parent goes and purchases this horse and all the associated stuff, and then they find out that the horse really was not that great of a horse. Um, and we've talked in previous podcast episodes about you know how horses do require constant interaction. They're always learning something from you. There's just a lot of things that uh, that go into that. And I think one of the biggest frustrations with uh, people who have children that want to get into horses but they don't really understand horses is that you know how do you find that good horse? Um, and the reality is that even if you do find that good horse, it still requires a lot of maintenance and um, you know, interaction and things like that to keep it that way. And so that's one caution I make right off the bat is that it's not as simple as just buying a horse and having the perfect horse and then we're good to go from then on out. 
uh, it really does take uh, learning, knowledge, interaction with the horse to maintain that relationship with them. So, um, so how uh, how old is, or how young is it okay to start uh, riding horses with children? Um, I, I personally don't really have too young of an age. Um, our youngest boy, we started riding with him was when he was probably about two or three weeks old. And we would put him in a little backpack, little one of those little infant backpacks, and then actually put him on the front. So basically on my chest where I could actually kind of cradle his head um, and uh, make sure that I you know, wasn't giving him any sort of whiplash or things like that. So with him, we rode from a very, very young age. Um, and then uh, you know, on up from there. We have personally used a lot of uh, buddy saddles for our children. Um, and it's been a very good thing. It gives them a lot more security and ability to kind of stay attached to you and attached to the horse um, without it being real dangerous. Um, so our experience has been from age, you know, when they're born up until about age three, you can't really put them in a buddy saddle because they don't have the balance. They can't really hang on that well. And sometimes, frankly, they fall asleep. There's, you know, the term rocking horse actually does kind of mean something. It, it's amazing how quickly they'll fall asleep when you're actually out there riding them. Um, once they hit age three, you can start putting them in the buddy saddle a little bit. You got to be super careful that they're not tired. You can't, you got to be careful that you're holding on to them. You got to have the right horse, all that kind of a thing. Age four, they're getting a little bit better. By age five, um, they're, you know, basically age four, they can, they can ride in the buddy saddle, you know, good long rides. I've, I've taken our youngest boy, well, all of our children on, you know, five, six hour rides in the buddy saddle. Um, and then by the time they hit five, they're kind of, uh, that's kind of their last year typically in the buddy saddle and go a little longer than that, but it's, you know, they're getting a little bit big for it. And then usually by age six, they're, they're to the point where they're real confident in riding on their own in most situations, as long as you've got a good horse for them. So that's been kind of our progression as zero to three. They're, they're you know, in a backpack or in our lap or, um, you know, sitting on the saddle in front of us. And then uh, age three and four and five, they're in the buddy saddle. And then age six, five and six, they're, they're starting to ride the horse on their own. And so um, the, the buddy saddles that we've used, they are, I don't know how to say the company's name, but it's A-B-E-T-T-A. Um, and they have been very hardy. We purchased two of these several years ago, and our kids have ridden hundreds of miles in them, and they are still in really, really good shape. Um, and so I really recommend to, to use those where possible. Um, one thing that I'll mention with really young kids and riding horses is that a lot of times their, their healthy respect or fear of a horse doesn't really develop until they get into about that five, four or five year old range. And they're kind of oblivious to what a horse can do to them. And this is especially true on the ground. You know, they walk right behind them. They come up and just, you know, touch them or whatever and, and you know, think they can go grab onto their tail. And so we've had to be very vigilant with our kids. You know, we've got good horses, but I just never trust that a horse isn't going to try to kick them or, or bite them or, you know, even just move and run over the top of them or something like that. And so, um, you know, sometimes these younger children don't have much respect for what a horse can do to them until they start getting a little bit older. And then that healthy fear starts to kind of set in. And, you know, and sometimes you got to be a little bit careful about that. It can go the opposite direction where they're just terrified of them. Um, but we have noticed that we have to be very careful about that. So, so what do, um, What's appropriate to do with children at what ages um, as far as, you know, how, how much can you expect out of them? I think the answer to this question really depends on the child. Um, our daughter is always has been horse crazy, fairly confident around horses, fairly um, decent with her handle of horses, um, and she's had her spills and her wrecks, but overall she's very confident, which usually ends up being a positive thing around horses. Horses can kind of read that timidness. They can read that fear. They can um, kind of feed off that sometimes. Sometimes they can take advantage of it if they're, if they kind of know what that's all about, like a, a real dead break, broke old kid horse kind of knows when a child is not confident. 
Um, and so certainly the more confident that a child is, typically the more that they're capable of doing and the more that the horse respects them in doing that. Um, our uh, oldest boy is very timid around horses. He always has been, and um, he is just not as confident. He's, he's not really had any bad experiences. He's just more of that shy type personality and certainly has more of a healthy fear for them and he has a lot more, um, he's just a lot more reserved with them. And so we have to be careful which type of horses we put him on. And um, the horses definitely take advantage of him more than they do our daughter. Um, and then our youngest boy, he's the most confident out of all of them. And even though he's five, you know, he can sometimes even kind of get himself into trouble because he's too confident. So actually when he was three years old, um, just, you know, almost turning four, and we let him start riding just a little bit on his own on our really, really good kid horse. We have a paint gilding named Sonny that uh, that has raised all of our kids. And he's just like the stereotypical kid horse that is just a bump on a log, doesn't really like to move, you know, no quick movement. He's always 10 miles behind everybody else, but he's just that real steady eddy type of a horse. So we uh, let our youngest boy start riding this horse. Um, you know, later in his three-year-old, um, when he, you know, was th uh, three years old. And, um, and I remember this one day we were at the arena and we had ridden for a little while and we let our boy get on this horse by himself, um, with a kid's saddle. And we let him start, you know, just kind of moseying around the arena and, and that kind of thing. And this horse is not the type that would ever trot or try to try to lope with him. You'd have to really kind of push him into that. And so he just kind of walked around on him. Well, we look over like two or three minutes later and the horse is trotting. And our boy's about ready to fall out of the saddle because he's never been in that bouncing mode. Well, he had been, I couldn't figure out how how did he get this horse to trot? What's going on with the horse? Why is the horse trotting? And I'm, you know, I'm telling him to stop the horse. And and so we get it down, back down to a walk and we turn around and here he is trotting again. And uh, what had happened was that day I had been, I had had one of the training horses at the arena and um, it was kind of a little bit more of a cold blooded horse. And so I was having to make it go. And when it wouldn't go, I would, I would take the end of the reins and kind of, you know, whack him back and forth um, over his uh, rump and then get him into the lope. It was a fairly green colt that we were trying to get to lope. Well, my boy had watched me doing that and he figured out how to make the horse trot because he had watched me. And he was using, we actually didn't even, you know, show him anything, but he was actually using the end of those Makati reins to get this horse to actually trot. And so after that, we had to take away the, the Makati reins <laughs> because he, he just loved that thrill of making a horse trot, um, you know, until he got just a little bit better. And so, you know, it's just a good example of where confidence, um, it, it just really makes a big difference. And so really when it comes to what is a child capable of, confidence level is probably the single most important thing um, and you know I've, I've seen some kids that are ultra confident you know four year four years old and they are just loping a horse all over the place and I've seen kids like our oldest boy that um, you know he's 10 years old and and to get him to trot he'll trot oh boy if he goes into a lope he's pretty worried about that you know and so that's a really big thing so I don't like to take young young children in real steep mountain country. Um, we go up in the mountains and we get into areas that I wouldn't really call steep, but they're kind of hilly. But we kind of try to stay away from the steep stuff because it's not that we're afraid that something's going to happen from a standpoint of a horse trying to run down a hill and rolling on them or something like that. Um, it's just that those areas require a little bit more of a technical riding ability and I'm always just a little bit worried that, you know, a horse steps sideways because there's something that spooks it or something and they're on the side of a ledge and then it ends up being a big wreck. And so we typically will kind of keep them out of those type of situations. But having said that, we still go in mountain country. You know, we're not riding in the flat. We, we've got them out in mountain country and we're, we're going in areas that, um, that are up and down. They're just not, you know, super steep drop-offs or things like that. So, so what are some of the problems you run into? And this is kind of maybe a little bit more from a training standpoint, a horse standpoint. What are some problems you run, to, run into when you have children riding on horses? Okay. 
Um, and so I'll kind of go down through a little bit of a list here and maybe some things that you can do to kind of keep these from occurring. Okay, so the first one is um, a horse that basically takes over the reins from a child and then just does whatever they want. Okay, so this is the one bad thing about our kid horse, Sonny, is that he knows when a rider is not confident and he will stick his nose out. They try to pull him back in and he just kind of pushes his nose out and goes and starts eating and they can't get him stopped. Okay, um, and so this can be a bit of an issue in a lot of different ways, but a horse that basically starts to figure out that a child is not capable of getting them stopped or turning them around, okay? So how do you fix this? So one of the main things that we do is we teach our horses to flex laterally. Pretty much every horse trainer out there does this. It's, one of, it's a very, very fundamental thing that's been around for decades. Um, and we get our horses very good at this and very light and soft. When, when we grab, they, they bring their head around. Um, and we make it so that they're soft enough to where the kids, even though they're not very strong, can actually pull that head to the side. That way, if the horse does something stupid, they try to eat, they, you know, whatever the case may be. Maybe you're at the arena and they want to go check out another horse or whatever. The kids can actually have some degree of control over them. Um, and this is something that I highly recommend that everybody teaches their horse is how to flex laterally. Okay. That's a pretty foundation or fund fundamental thing. Okay. And this, is, this also kind of fixes the problem of what happens if the horse won't stop. Well, you can, you know, if you do this right, the, the, the kids can get a horse stopped, even in kind of the worst of the situations, and they can pull their head around. You want to make this an automatic thing. Okay, so what about um, the, the problem of a horse um, wanting to go faster than what the child wants them to go? We've run into this a few times a few potential uh, solutions to this. First of all, a lot of kids, when they ride, they ride with, they grip with their legs for balance. Teaching your kids not to do that will make a big difference on a horse like this. Because a lot of these horses are going because they're getting pressure from the rider. There's a squeeze that's occurring, which has probably been taught to them that that's, you know, what tells them to go. And um, some of your more you know, kind of edgy type horses are going to really feed off of that energy, okay? So that's one thing that very, very much helps with this. Another thing that helps is to ride the horses consistently. And you're going to hear me say this several times throughout this, this episode is, you know, the more the horses are being ridden, the less that they really want to kind of take off like that. And we found this to be true. We've got one mare um, that if you don't ride her for a month, she, she gets just a little bit antsy. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get it out of her, but it does take a little bit, and that can be kind of intimidating to some kids when the horse is going faster than, they, than what the child wants them to go. Um, and so consistent riding can really make a big difference with this. Um, another thing, and, you know, this don't take this out of context, but a another thing that helps this is just making sure that you've got the right horse. There are some horses that are absolutely not geared towards children. And if the horse is constantly wanting to go faster than what the child wants it to go, you're, there's a really good chance that you're dealing with a horse that's just a, a level above what a child is at. And there's no shame in going and finding another horse that is kind of just a little bit of a, you know, kind of just a notch back from where the, from where the, um, the, the child's just basically not uncomfortable with it being just a little bit too fast. So come, you know, a notch back from that. Okay. Sometimes this equals getting a new horse. Um, obviously, you can train this out of them to a certain extent, but not in every case. Um, there are some horses that just want to go. They're a little bit more of that quote-unquote hot-blooded type of a horse, and um, you're not ever going to get that out of them, out of some horses. Um, however, there are a lot of horses out there that with training and a lot of long rides and a lot of wet saddle pads and, and things like that, that you can actually get them to that stage. Um, we see a lot of colts that at first there's no way you'd ever put a kid on them and then by the time we get done with them you can and that's just the sheer number of miles that we're putting on them that kind of equals that okay i would say that the vast majority of horses out there are capable of being ridden by children but a lot of those horses do require some pretty consistent miles on them so that they're not just wanting to chomp at the bit and really go all the time 
Okay. Um, one thing that kind of shocked me a little bit when we started this company is the fact that uh, the vast majority of horses that we train are ready for a child rider by the time we hit 60 days. And that's true even of colts. Um, I would say out of all the horses that we have trained here at San Pete Horse Training, um, you, across the board, I would say that there's probably been less than 5% that my daughter has not ridden. Okay, and we, we usually, when we get kind of to the end of the, the training period, um, she loves to ride so much and these horses are so well broke that a lot of times we'll put her on them and we'll go for a trail ride. Now we're not doing real crazy work with, you know, with her on them, but, but she has actually ridden the vast majority of these horses and that, that's been anywhere from about age nine to, to age 12. Um, and you know, she's a decent rider, but she's by no means an expert. She's still, you know, I would put her kind of in that like late child, early teenager type. Uh, you know, skill level, um, probably better than a beginner adult, but not a whole lot better than a beginning beginner adult. She is comfortable loping, but that's about as far as it goes. So, you know, you, you put that in context and, you know, a lot of these horses we're training, are, they're colts. They've come to us without ever having a saddle on them. And by the time we hit 60 days with them, she's able to ride them. Now, if we were to take that same horse or those same horses, send them home, lay them off for a month, and then stick her on them, it would be a wreck because we're not, you know, because then there's not those consistent miles and that kind of a thing. Um, and so, really, a lot of horses can work for kids, but what most people seem to be looking for is the horse they can pull out once a month and still have it good, be good for kids. And those type of horses are few and far between. Um, and so just kind of keep that in mind as you're, as you're looking for horses or you're, you know, kind of matching a child with a horse um, and that kind of a thing. So what about horses that have a tendency to try to rush uphill or rush downhill with a child? So what's the root problem in this? I, I feel like this is essentially laziness on the horse's part easier for them to trot up the hill than it is to really dig in and walk and it's easier for them to just kind of crash their way downhill instead of actually sitting down working off of their hind end you know um, and and taking the time to place their way through um, you know the rocks or the hills or whatever the terrain is okay um, and so this is something that uh, often needs to be fixed by an adult but the big thing is to make sure that you never trot them up or downhill and I'm talking more kind of, you know, steeper type hills. Um, just don't ever let them get into the habit in the first place. Um, the way that I like to kind of fix this in a horse that's not real bad about it is just kind of check their face around a little bit. So they try to start trotting. You know, I'm not flexing them all the way around, but I'm basically just kind of checking them to slow them down, checking them to slow them down. Um, we've been able to successfully teach our children this little technique, um, and we've got a couple horses that are just a little bit more forward and so they have a tendency to be like this and our children have been able to by the age of four or five they've been able to uh, basically stop the horse from from wanting to do this and it's basically just kind of that little bump on the on the bit kind of pull their head to the side take a little bit of steam out of their feet and, and make them go back to walking okay um, and so that's usually a fairly easy fix unless you're talking about a really green horse what about horses that try to jump stuff? Okay, so you're up on the mountain riding and you're crossing logs, you know, deadfall, or you are going across a stream or a small bridge and the horse, instead of just walking across these objects, they try to launch themselves across them. Okay, um, so why do they do this? Well, this in my mind is basically a lack of experience. Every young horse we get pretty much tries to do this. By the time they leave, they don't try to do it. I think one big misconception in the horse world is that if you want to have a reining horse, you got to train it, you know, for a long time to be a reining horse. If you want a cutting horse, you got to train it for a long time to be a cutting horse. If you want a jumping horse, you got to train it for a long time to get good at jumps. If you want a barrel horse, you got to train it for a long time to get really, really good at barrels. 
But if you just want a trail horse, then you just go grab whatever horse because, you know, it's just a trail ride. You know, that's what people say. It's just a trail ride or it's just a trail horse. Okay. And I am very adamant that that is absolutely not the case. You want a good trail horse, you've got to train them just like you're training a barrel horse, a cutting horse, a reining horse, a jumping horse. Okay. They have got to be exposed and have a lot of practice in those situations and scenarios. Um, and so really the root problem to this is just an inexperienced thing. You know, it, it's not something that you fix today or tomorrow or next week. It's something that takes a lot of experience. They got to be able to cross a lot of bridges, a lot of logs, a lot of, you know, streams and gullies and, and all these type of things. Um, and so if you're having a lot of problems with a horse doing this, you really need to get an adult on this horse, you know, the, and you really need to get the horse used to the fact that it's not acceptable to launch itself over these things. There's a lot of different techniques on how to do this, but really it comes down to repetition and not leaving the object or the scenario until they don't jump across it. Um, when we're training these horses up on the mountain, we may go over, you know, it seems like small streams are the worst. They always want to jump themselves over that. So, um, you know, we do a lot of work away from the stream. We bring them towards the stream. We let them rest by the stream to make them want to be there. And then we cross the stream multiple times, sometimes starting on the ground until they stop jumping it. Um, and sometimes this takes a half an hour to get them to, to do this. Um, and if we're riding them, we don't, don't ever let them jump it. We check their face around and make it so that um, we kind of take, take the steam out of their, or the power out of their feet when they try to launch themselves. And, and they can go back to hesitating and all that, but eventually we want them to step across it. And then the key is you don't ever leave that object or that scenario until they've actually gone back and forth several times without wanting to launch themselves over it. And then you leave that situation. Horses learn by um, pressure being taken away from them. And so if you think about it, if they don't like whatever that object is and they want to jump it, that's, that's pressure. That object is kind of exerting this mental pressure on them. And if you take them away from that object when they're in the mode of jumping, they think that jumping was the answer. And so instead what you do is you go and you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until they're doing it how you want them to do it. And then you can leave that situation or scenario. That way when the pressure is taken away from them, it's at the appropriate frame of mind and the horse has learned that that's what accept is acceptable. Okay. Um, so I think that's really, really important. Okay, so what about horses that... Um, are dominant towards other horses on the trail when a child is riding them. I'll never forget a case or a situation that I had when I was a kid. Before I ever got my first horse, I was on a pack trip with my uncle up in the Uintas in northeastern Utah. We, uh, we went for three or four days, you know, back in the back country, and, and uh, he let me ride this uh, mare that he had. And um, I can still remember this mare was a little faster than all the other horses, but I wasn't a real confident rider. Well, I definitely was not a confident rider. I was probably 14 or 15 years old when this happened. And um, so they kind of stuck me in the middle of the pack to make it so that I wasn't like, you know, in the front and just going way ahead of everybody. Well, this horse was a little quicker than the one that was in front of me, and so she was constantly up in this horse's tail and just really, you know, kind of pushing him. Well, this other horse would start to pin its ears and it would start to, um, you know, kind of switch its tail. And it was actually a pack horse. It didn't have anybody on it, but the principle's still the same. And so what happened in this instance was he did this for a day or two of us riding. And then one day he just hauled off and double barreled this horse. The problem was one, one of his hooves caught the horse in the chest and the other one caught my stirrup. And I was lucky I didn't break my leg. Man, it just, it threw my leg back so hard. Could have dislocated my hip. Um, and it didn't break anything. But, man, I, I just couldn't believe how powerful that was. Well, that was, you know, that horse was trying to exert dominance over this mare that I was riding because she was in a, in a space. Um, and so you think about this. This is a pretty dangerous thing. If you've got a, a child riding a horse that is trying to exert dominance on all the other horses around it, you know, this child can't really control what's going on. I had another situation very similar to this. I was riding a few years ago, a couple years ago, with some friends from the area, 
and there was a boy that a very very confident rider a little boy that was about he was probably between three and four years old and they had him on this old gilding and you know i was riding with their family well they had four or five horses on this ride that they all knew each other they'd been in the pasture together there was you know and then i was riding a mare that was the only horse that wasn't a part of that group well this gilding that this little boy was riding was just absolutely did not like my mare and he kept pinning his ears at her the whole time and you know just he'd even kind of chase after and act like he was going to bite her and and all this kind of stuff and she just kind of ignored him well as the ride went on uh, finally this horse turned basically kind of came after my horse my horse tried to whirl her butt at him to kick him and i and i got her stopped but then that horse backed up to my horse and started trying to kick her and he was literally going to break my leg against the side of the horse you know he's trying to kick her right in the side and she's kind of trying to get away trying to show dominance at the same time and i just grabbed the end of my makati rein and i smacked that horse over the butt and then he you know he took off you know kind of ran off you know because it was a bit of a reprimand and then i didn't have any problems after that but um, if I hadn't have been a confident rider, that horse would have busted my leg against the, the side of my horse's chest because he was ready to double barrel her, you know, hard. And it would have trapped my leg against, you know, basically against my stirrup fender in the horse's chest. Um, and so that was uh, kind of an experience where I was like, oh, man, like a horse that's dominant like that, really a kid should not be riding that thing because that's just such a dangerous situation. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to fix this but and we've actually discussed this on other podcast episodes one in particular that i can remember is the trailering episode um you know when we stick horses in the trailer with each other it's basically a zero tolerance policy with us here at here at sampete horse training and we see this all the time with young horses they just have to be taught this you know the way that we deal with it is if they show dominance towards another horse that equals work for them okay so we ride all the time with multiple trainers um you know on on a trail ride or whatever and so these horses are being exposed to being ridden with other horses they're also exposed to being ridden by themselves but the second we get a hint of you know horse switching their tail or horse pinning their ears or you know whatever that behavior that dominant behavior may be the very first thing we do is we put them to work okay and it's significant work we make it very 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 negative experience for them when they do this and after a while, they start to realize that, oh, man, that kind of sucks. I pin my ears against, you know, I pin my ears when this other horse is around me. Then all of a sudden, I have to really move and, and work. Um, and it takes a little bit to get it out of them. Uh, this is one thing that is definitely more pronounced in most mares, although there are gildings that will do it, and there are some mares that won't do it. Mares are just a little bit more likely, in my opinion, to do this. Um, I personally prefer to ride a mare, and I don't ever use this as an excuse for bad behavior in a mare, but I just don't let them get away with it. And if they decide that they want to be kind of pissy towards another horse, then that equals work, okay? Um, the more broke they are, the, the easier this is to fix. A lot of times I, what I like to do when they get really well broke is I back them a lot. So they pin their ears, and I'll back them up for 500 yards because it's a lot more difficult than most other maneuvers and it really kind of solidifies that respect with them um, but we are absolutely not bashful in making sure that this isn't an issue with the horses that that we train and you know it's kind of impossible to get out of some horses because they're so dominant but for the most part this is a fixable trait um, and that kind of a thing so um, so really the bottom line is if you got a horse that's being that bad you really need to get an adult on them and get get this problem out of them before you have a child riding them i'm in a situation where someone's going to get hurt and usually the person that's getting hurt is not the child that's on that horse it is it's going to be you know somebody on a different horse that's going to get hurt okay um so what about horses that um, are really mouthy with children okay this is more of a ground problem um so they always want to nibble on their fingers or try to bite and all that kind of a thing. Um, so for me, this is a really easy fix, and that is don't ever feed them out of your hand. Don't ever give them treats. Don't ever feed them grain out of your hand. You know, even hay. Like, I, I don't ever want a horse to connect my hand with them opening their mouth. And nine times out of ten when a horse is doing this, it's because they've been taught to do it. Okay. 
And it's amazing how quick they learn it. We've had, I can think of two horses in particular that we trained um, that were both colts um, and then basically went to uh, households where they were being ridden primarily by younger kids. Um, You know, kind of like, you know, kids that were younger than, say, like 12 or 13. Okay. And I remember with both of these horses, we would see them around and um, we'd go over and say hi and, you know, take a look at the horse or whatever. And all of a sudden the horse is trying to nibble on our fingers. And it's just kind of the weirdest thing because when we had these horses, both of which were trained uh, for at least 60 days by us, I think the one was actually 90, um, they never, never did this. Or they probably did try it once or twice, but then they just, you know, they gave it up because because they knew that it was unacceptable. Well, then they go back to the owner and the owner starts feeding them treats. You know, kids like to do this kind of thing. And then all of a sudden we see them and the horses want to chew our fingers off. You know, and it's not necessarily in a malicious way, but it's, you know, they're putting their mouth on you, which is kind of unacceptable. Um, so don't feed them treats. And, um, and then the other thing is if they do try to nibble or bite you, then you put them to work. Same, same principle. A lot of times this is just on the ground. Um, but I, I find myself not really doing the whole, like, you bite me, I whack you thing. That doesn't really work, especially with the more mouthy type horses. I like the you bite me and then I make you work type of a thing. And a lot of times that's more effective. Okay, so um, this is something I think could be a pretty big problem with some horses. Kind of your more dull, lazy, real mouthy type horses. This can get to where it's somewhat dangerous. So, um, What about horses that won't let a child buckle a halter or tie a halter or put a bridle on? So as soon as the child tries to do this or even take them off, the horse raises its head straight in the air. Okay, so that the horse learns that they can get away from the child because they're taller than them. Um, this is just something that horses figure out really quick because the kid can't really reprimand them. They're not tall enough to make that come back down. So one of the things that we do um, with all the horses we train is we teach them to lower their head off of pressure between their ears. And then if we have them for long enough, we teach them to lower their head off of the pressure from the halter um, or even the bridle, okay? So we can pull down on the halter and they actually lower their head. And this is real simple. You just pull on it until they put their head down a little bit and then you take the pressure away and then you pull on it. You keep doing that over and over and over until they'll actually drop it all the way down. Um, I had a mare a few years ago that I taught this really, really, really well too. And Um, At the time, my daughter was probably about seven or eight years old, and she could bridle this horse. She could um, take the bridle off. She could, she could, you know, tie the rope halter, untie it, all that kind of a thing. It was really, really easy to get this horse to put her head down, Um, and that was really kind of fun to watch because then it built her confidence and you know and all that kind of thing. Um, But this is something that you can certainly teach them to do. It's very simple to do. It just takes a lot of repetition to get them there. So. So uh, what about um, getting children that haven't been around horses a lot to be confident with horses? Okay, so this is basically every single one of my children, maybe except my youngest son. He kind of was born confident with, with horses. But um, how do you get a child to be confident around horses? Okay, so I, I, like I said earlier, I got my first horse when I was 16. And, you know, I really was, I've always been a confident individual, but I was still, I had a lot of respect for them, fair bit of, not necessarily fear, but I, you know, I I was aware of what they could do. Um, And, you know, it kind of unnerved me a little bit to try to go too fast on them or all these types of things. And so so how did I get around this? Well, I think that there was basically one thing that made the biggest difference, and that was just how much I rode, just how much I rode. I'm kind of pained sometimes by um, what I see with a lot of people and their children um, with regard to horses, and maybe this is a little more common in the in the horse-owning crowd, the people that, you know, the parents really like the horses, are they're around them, and what ends up happening is these children get into this uh, perspective or the parents get into this perspective that their children have got to be perfect yesterday. 
And so instead of just letting them ride and, you know, start to get balance and, you know, some experience and all this kind of stuff, they immediately go to the mechanics of riding and how you're supposed to sit and how you're supposed to do this and how you're supposed to do that, you know, and then they want them to win that buckle or that, you know, at that barrel race or, you know, they're mad at their kid if they don't do this or that or the other. And to me, that really kind of takes the fun out of it. And it makes me kind of sad, to be honest with you, because I think a lot of these kids get kind of soured on horses. They just don't really enjoy it. Whereas, in my opinion, the best way to get a child's confidence built around horses really is to get them to just spend a lot of time around them, including a lot of time riding them. And don't push some sort of a discipline on them. They don't, kids don't need that, you know, right up front. They, they need to just become confident and to enjoy it before you really start pushing. You need to do this with the horse or you need to do that with the horse or the horse needs to do this or the horse needs to do that. Just let them enjoy it. Um, I just think that has really made a difference with our children is just, you know, ride around town and, and, and ride down the dirt roads and take them up in the foothills and up on the mountain and, you know, don't like make it a make it just a pleasurable experience, one in which the the child is really learning to be confident and getting just a lot of time in the saddle. Okay, um, I kind of equate it like this: like if you wanted to get your pilot's license, well, what does that require? You know, there's all kinds of education. You know, I don't really know what it requires, but I do know this: they're not going to have you, you know, on day one in an F-16 learning some amazing formation maneuver and you know and how to let the missile go to you know to shoot down the other plane no i mean it takes a lot of hours of piloting right before they would ever get to the point where you're going to fly that f-16 and you know that fighter jet and and you know do all these complex things so why would we expect anything different from our children you know every pilot starts and maybe not an F-16. You know, they might be flying an F- a Cessna first. They might be doing just a lot of the real mundane type flying. And then over time, as their skills increase, then they can go to that more and more, you know, kind of discipline-specific sort of a thing. And I think with horses, it's exactly the same. Why do we want our child to be perfect at barrel racing when they can't even ride them around town yet? I just think that building that confidence first is a really, really big thing. Um, and these lessons that we are teaching now, that's what we focus on. We're not we're not going to be putting a lot of time into rider mechanics and how I mean there's a little bit of that, but you know we're not we don't we're not trying to make some real specific form or discipline or or mechanics come out in people. We just want people to become confident in riding horses. And we really believe that there's a lot of education that goes into that, but there's also just a lot of time working with the horse, both on the ground and in the saddle. And so this is something that I just really encourage people to do this with with your children, to make sure that you don't push them into a discipline. Just let them have the experience of riding their horse um, and riding it in a lot of situations. I love nothing more than to be driving around town and seeing a couple little girls riding their horses, you know, down the city streets you know it's just it's just such a a good activity for them to do where they're building confidence and you know kind of honing in on that relationship with their horse and starting to understand them before they go into something that's a little bit more specific so um, one thing that I'm really big on with with our children is making sure that they are participating in the uh, care of the horses they need to know you know, how to feed the horses, how to water the horses, what a salt block is for, basic veterinary care, what vaccines are, how to give the vaccines. Um, you know, there's just a lot of different things like this. So I always try to include them in this because um, I think that a big part of making children comfortable with and competent around horses is to make sure that it's not just riding them. It needs to be a little bit more of the husbandry stuff and things like that. And here in a couple months, we're going to be putting a, a curriculum on our website that people can purchase that teaches just that. And I'm really excited about this because this will have a little bit of everything. It's going to have a little bit of writing instruction. It's going to have a little bit of, you know, basic training on getting, you know, some of the things that we've talked about here on this podcast. 
um, how to get a horse to do certain things, um, like lowering their head and stuff like that, real basic stuff that can help the relationship with the horse be a little bit better. And then it's also going to have some, um, some information about veterinary topics um, and, you know, care of horses and, and colors and anatomy and all these different things that, that maybe give just a little bit more information. And I think that even people that have been around horses a lot are going to get a lot of information out of this because, you know, I'm approaching this from a veterinary perspective uh, as well as a horse training perspective and as well as a perspective of being a dad of children that like to ride horses. Um, and so I think there'll be a little, a little bit of something for everybody uh, in this little curriculum and it'll be um, in a format where people can purchase it on our website and then it's basically an online, almost like a course type of a thing where it'd be kind of almost like taking an online college course or something um, with a lot of interactive uh, stuff as a part of it. So um, I really think that when it comes to the success of children with horses, it really just comes down to the amount of time that they spend around them and how engaged the parents are in helping them to get the resources that it takes to be successful. Um, I, I've just noticed that uh, the more that we ride as a family, the more that the kids like the horses, the more confident they are around them. Um, the less that we do that, the less that they really want to be around them. And I think it just makes a really, really, really big difference. So doesn't always have to be riding, but certainly riding is a big part of it. So don't ever forget about that. You know, you can't just be riding once a week or once a month. The, you know, the kids get to be a lot more confident around horses when they're, when they're on them a lot more. Um, and put them into situations where they're going to succeed, not where they're going to get hurt. Um, last topic I want to talk about on this is, is helmets. When I was a kid, I don't, I don't think I ever wore a helmet. In fact, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever worn a helmet when I've ridden a horse. Um, but, I, you know, it's one thing that I've done with my own children, for sure. Two out of our three kids have come off of a horse. Um, and the situations have varied, but there have been a few situations where um, there's really nothing that we could have done to have prevented it. One of them are really, really, really good kid horse. We were riding one day and we crossed a gas pipeline and he just happened to hit that thing perfectly with his foot. And it made a real loud dinging or kind of ringing sound. And the horse just kind of stepped sideways and our son just fell right off. Okay, it wasn't even a real bad spook and he didn't even go anywhere, but it was just enough of a movement with just enough, you know, of lack of riding skill that, you know, he fell right off. Um, and so uh, I always tell my kids and people that we work with, um, if you're going to ride horses, you're going to eventually come off of one. I personally have come off of a few, and it's just going to happen. I don't think we've had a trainer yet that hasn't come off of a horse. Um, and it, you know, the, the situations vary. It's very, very rare that we have a horse buck somebody off. Um, but, you know, we've had situations where, you know, real small colt uh, going down a really steep hill in the saddle you know the girth is just not quite tight enough because it's a smaller horse and so then that saddle kind of slides forward and all of a sudden we're on the ground you know i had that happen to me one time um, sometimes it's a real quick movement sometimes um, you know there's just a lot of different scenarios and so i just really think when you've got kids on horses until they're getting really really confident and realistically it should be even after that just get a helmet on them. There's no reason to have head trauma occurring um, because you didn't want to buy that $40 helmet. Um, and I just think that it's really important to do that. We've just purchased um, helmets for all of our kids and we don't let them ride without them. You know, once they get a little older, if they choose to, to not do that, that's their own prerogative, but that'll be when they've got their own health insurance. So um, no point in you know, bashing in your brain because of, because of that. When I was a kid, we had a neighbor, a girl that was really, really talented with horses, very, very good rider. Um, I would say probably back then even better rider than I am today. And she rode her horse everywhere. Really good horse, really good horse. And one day in the middle of the winter, a real heavy snow year, she was riding along, didn't see a roll of barbed wire that was on the ground under the snow. 
the horse got um, its foot in it, got it hooked around the heel of the shoe. And then, of course, the barbed wire started chasing the horse, so it kind of um, reared up a little bit. Or they're not even 100% sure exactly what happened. With, but they found the horse with a cut leg and barbed wire still attached to the shoe, you know, several dozen yards away. And she's laying on the ground unconscious. And um, she was never the same person after that massive brain injury um, and ended up having to live with her parents well into her 40s and 50s. And it's just kind of one of those situations where it was just really unfortunate. Who knows if a helmet would have saved that from occurring, but, I, you know, chances are it would have. Um, and so just make sure that you're getting a helmet on your kids so that they're not having some sort of head injury from that. So so I hope you're enjoying your horses. I hope that uh, that your kids or children that you're working with are allowed to just be children be kids just ride horses for fun instead of making it into some big job for them put them on the right horse for their skill level um, make sure if you are a parent that doesn't know a lot about horses that you're you know kind of consulting with people when you purchase a horse we're happy to help out with um, information that that you might need in that regard and um, just make sure you get a good horse and make sure that, that you're consistent with the use of that horse um, and then just get out there and really enjoy them. I don't think there's any better family activity than going for a horse ride in the mountains. I just absolutely love it. It's something that we've done for a lot of years and we really enjoy it. It's a big part of why this company exists. And so I hope that um, you guys have a chance to, to do that and to enjoy horses with, with children. So until next time, we will talk to you later. Enjoy your horses. See you.